Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey guys, it's great to be back with you today. I want to talk to you about a couple of issues that have come up recently with Parents' Rights in Education. We have a tax-deductible nonprofit organization, as you know, and we also have a political action committee. And we use our political action committee primarily now, uh, at this time, to endorse candidates. It's a huge benefit to candidates to be endorsed by our organization because of our name, Parents' Rights in Education. When that title appears on any kind of publication that the campaign puts out, it speaks volumes because our name is the issue. And I can't harp on that enough. It is really important. And we need to be so proud that we do have ownership of this name. So in the state of Oregon, we are now toward the end of one of the most important primary campaigns uh, in our state. And this is a campaign for governor. We have a true grassroots candidate who is running uh, on a platform uh, which includes the issue of public education. And he knows so much about it because he was an educator and he also was a superintendent for LC school district. And he recently resigned from that position so that he could be more effective in running his grassroots campaign. Now we love this candidate because he is a true grassroots candidate and he has been fighting these issues for, in, in my observation over a year, but, but now I'm learning it's been uh, several years prior to that. So I did meet Mark uh, probably two or three years ago. Um, didn't, really know much about him and didn't take note. But one year ago, we featured him in our Safe School Summit, and he made a presentation at that event. And then we have been observing him and his uh, involvement in grassroots politics and in fighting for parents' rights for the last year. That's Mark Thielman, and we did decide to endorse him. And I say we, I'm talking about Parents' Rights and Education Political Action Committee Board. They make those decisions. Now, of course, I do have a little bit of influence, but it is not my sole decision. And so exactly two weeks from today, ballots are due. So this is critical time. 
ballots have already been sent out, and they call them dropped. So we have mail-in voting, and they have already been sent to voters, sent and received. I have my ballot sitting on my kitchen counter right now. Yesterday morning, I happened to have the radio turned on, and I heard this. Remember how it used to feel in Oregon? Do you want that back? I'm Carrie McQuiston, Republican candidate for governor. Imagine a governor who understands all of Oregon. I'm a seventh-generation Oregonian, mayor of Baker City, and a business owner, not a politician. Our bloated state government needs a deep cleaning. Not only did I lead a statewide movement against Kate Brown's mandates, I'm a fierce supporter of parents' rights and education, our Second Amendment, law enforcement, and our natural resource industries. Visit CarrieMcQuiston.com. Paid for by Carrie McQuiston for Oregon. I have had calls from friends who are not very savvy about the reality of deceptive messaging. Uh, Carrie McQuiston is the individual who was featured in that ad. It was her ad. And uh, she is the candidate who is supported by uh, National Committeeman Solomon Yu. Solomon uh, actually immigrated from communist China as a young man, and he came to Oregon via Alaska. We have seen uh, images of him um, working with Carrie at various events. Now, she has intentionally distributed false information and half-truths multiple times throughout her campaign. She announced her run for governor of the state after serving only six months as mayor of Baker City, a small town on the very far eastern edge of the state of Oregon. She was raised on a cattle ranch there. And her family has been involved in local uh, Republican politics in the area. She announced her run for governor of the state after serving only six months as mayor of Baker City, hardly a major governmental position. Carrie McQuiston has intentionally distributed false information and half-truths multiple times throughout her campaign. She claimed she had a meeting with President Trump's son, Eric Trump, when she cornered him for a photo op at the Reawaken America event held in Kaiser, Oregon. Carrie claims she is supported by Oregon Firearms Federation, a local pro-Second Amendment organization. Um, and the director, Kevin Starrett, denies ever sending her a candidate questionnaire. Carrie claims she is supported by the co-founder of the Epic Times. Now, the Epic Times is a conservative news organization. You probably follow them. They do excellent reporting. And they are very anti-communist. Now, Carrie uh, met this individual at the same Reawaken event. But he is not the co-founder of the publication. He is the vice president of sales and marketing. Hmm. Carrie, and I'm looking at a photograph of her uh, with Kirk Wang. Okay, next. Now she is using the name of our organization in her radio ad. When she could easily have stated her support of education reform in multiple other ways to avoid mischaracterizing her non-affiliation with parents' rights in education. And by the way, the usual legal descriptor 
is parental rights. Because Carrie filled out the pre-PAC questionnaire and was not selected for the Parents' Rights in Education PAC endorsement, it is glaringly obvious she is now using the organization's name to mislead voters into thinking we support her. In fact, we have never received a call, any hint of policy agreement or communication of any sort from Carrie McQuiston. She has had every opportunity to reach out to our national group members as the organization founding headquarters has been in existence in the state of Oregon since 2011. We must hold all candidates accountable to what they say in relation to parents' rights in education and education issues. Now I want to bring your attention to another announcement that has recently come from Child and Parental Rights Campaign, uh, one of our partners in legal defenses in litigation that we have levied against school districts in Oregon. This is dated May 3rd, 2022. That's today. Imagine your child has changed her gender at school and you do not know about it. You don't know what has happened because school officials intentionally deceived you about the transmission. And they claim they are following school policy and the law. Recently, the Child and Parental Rights Campaign Incorporated and the Massachusetts Family Institute filed a lawsuit on behalf of two Ludlow, Massachusetts families against Ludlow public school officials. The families are suing for violations of their parental rights stemming from a district policy prohibiting school staff from sharing information with parents about a student's gender identity and efforts to affirm that identity in school. So here's a case, guys, where um, Massachusetts law actually disallows this kind of interaction. In the case of one of the families we represent, school officials were actively transitioning their 11-year-old daughter without her parents' knowledge and against their wishes. They are also transitioning the family's 12-year-old son. The parents learned what the school was doing because a courageous teacher did what good teachers do by partnering with the parents to inform them of what was going on. The courageous teacher was fired for keeping the parents informed about their own child. When the parents discovered what was going on, they emailed school staff demanding they no longer have private conversations with their daughter about her gender identity. School officials, however, dismissed the parents' instructions and not only continued having private conversations with the girl, but began socially transitioning her in school using a new male name and pronouns. School staff also made a point of only using the girl's given name in communication with her parents, intentionally concealing their affirmation of her gender transition. Okay. This is the normal protocol of what goes on in public schools when they want to protect the confidentiality of the student 
and keep their parents in the dark. The letter goes on. We are seeing this type of concerted effort by school districts across the country. School officials are making decisions about the lives of children that they are not qualified or authorized to make and doing it without telling and often deceiving parents. This is a clear violation of the parents' constitutionally protected right to control the education, health, and upbringing of their children. We cannot stand by and let school districts believe they know better than parents what is best for their children. Your support of our work helps us stand with parents like families in Massachusetts. We are getting similar calls from Indiana, Oregon, Illinois, New York, Florida, in many other states. And this is signed by Bernadette Broyles, who is president of Child and Parental Rights Campaign. That's Bernadette Broyles Esquire, lead attorney. Thank you guys so much for what you're doing. So it's fascinating. These two stories seem completely unconnected and uh, seem to have absolutely no relationship between one and another. But as I reviewed my podcast, as I did just now, for edits, etc., it struck me. This is all about deceit. Both of these situations are related. It's about people deceiving someone else. Now, that's a real lie, by the way. That is the definition of a lie. The Merriam-Webster definition is to make an untrue statement with intent to deceive or to create a false or misleading impression, an assertion of something known or believed by the speaker or writer to be untrue with the intent to deceive. An untrue or inaccurate statement that may or may not be believed true by the speaker or writer. Something that misleads or deceives. The intent or motivation is a big part of lying. I read a definition not not uh, too long ago that indicated defining aspect of a real lie is that you know you're doing it and you're doing it purposely for personal gain. That is purposeful and it is motivated by intent. So this is a concern for me because I'm looking at our society and I'm seeing what's going on in the political realm, but I'm also very aware of what is being taught in our public schools. And we should all be worried about that because I believe, and I, I bet you agree, that this is a problem. This is a problem for our society. We know that social-emotional learning is based on consequential ethics. In other words, you weigh right and wrong depending on, depending upon the consequence you make a decision, literally, you make a decision about right and wrong 
based upon the consequences that you personally may suffer or cause, apparently, that is a scary situation in a society because it could apply to murder. It certainly does apply to lying on an everyday basis. If your lies will benefit you, if the consequences are minimal, why wouldn't you lie? And look what's going on in our public schools, in the teaching of our students, but also the manipulation of our students by staff, going behind parents' backs, manipulating students, not really telling them the whole truth, using them. And what about politicians? Personally, I'm done with the career politicians. They have become masters at deceiving the public, saying they believe in one thing, but doing another, compromising their beliefs, compromising their ethics, compromising their values for personal gain, and then telling us it's okay. This election cycle, PRE has made it a point to look hard at all of the candidates, but what we're looking for are individuals who have become activated, motivated, and committed to changing our nation, to raising the bar, to upholding the original intent of our founding documents, and to preserving individual freedom and rights. Thanks for sticking with me. This is Parents' Rights. Now, please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And PRE keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much.